Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Today on the show, fellas, we have Natalie Prass. A delight. Yeah, you sat in on this interview, Maxi boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, so I made sure I was here for it. I thought it was a delightful conversation. There was like a, was a real chemistry. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get to her in a bit, that interview to set it up. But before that, uh, I just want to let you know that Natalie is, in fact, if you're in the Toronto area, she's playing the Horseshoe April 14th. So when this comes out, you'll still have plenty of time to come by and, uh, and check her out. And who knows? Maybe Max and I might pop by for that show. We got to go. She said, let me know. I'll put you on the guest list. I know. You guys so exchanged sure. uh, numbers at the end of our interview. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that when we get to her. Mm-hmm. So check out that show April 14th at the Horseshoe. Uh, her album's called The Future and the Past, Natalie Prass. Uh, other promo that we got to do off the top? Guys, we have a Crave show. Yeah. It's available on Crave TV. That's right. So subscribe. Uh, also, uh, there's a free episode up on YouTube uh, with our friend Jared Kiso. That's right. A full episode. It's got like over 30,000 views now. It's headed towards 40,000 right now. Nice. And he yeah. just won a couple CSAs, actually. Uh, mm. Tell let people know what that is. The Canadian Screen Actors Award? Is that what it is? Would, Screen would he win it for writer and actor? Yeah, something like that. It's right? amazing. Wow. It was actually, I, credit where credit's due, it was Shane's idea to throw that episode up on YouTube. Yeah. Shane was I knew it would insistent. catch like wildfire. And by the time this is up, there'll be another one up. That's right. Oh, which one? Jody Whitaker. Sick. We'll let you know when that goes up. So this is actually especially sort of... Uh, um, Important information for if you live in the UK or you live in the United States, this is your chance to watch our show on Crave. For all you Canadians, throw a couple bucks at the old Crave. I did. I know you guys probably get it as part of your employment package here. No. <laughs> no? No, we, we do get a discount off everything that Bell has to offer. So if we get the whole cable package, we get like a percentage uh, okay. off the, the price that I guess a civilian would pay. Uh, well, well, I paid the civilian rate. And it's mm. worth every damn penny. Wow. And yeah. that's not you shilling for the company. No, no, it's that, good. It, honestly, Crave is actually a really good deal. And Game of Thrones is coming out soon. So Yeah, what else? There's something else on HBO that I'm loving. Oh, I was watching um, Broad City because the new the f- final season And is. the Neverland show. Yeah, of it's all there. <laughs> the documentary yeah, Michael on Michael Jackson. Jackson who yeah. knew? The Neverland show. Uh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, allegations out of the blue. What uh, we're saying is you get this podcast for free, people. It's time you start paying something. Yeah. If you want. And we're giving you more free episodes. That's another promo. There you go. Guys, if you haven't already noticed on our Twitter and Instagram, we've announced that uh, because we we have been um, slow to put out episodes for a plethora of reasons, we've decided to up our production. Uh, We are now going to be releasing three episodes a week. So going forward, you will most likely be getting, (laughs) I still hedge, most likely, uh, (laughs) an episode still to be named uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. These are episodes uh, that is just the three of us hanging out with the hosts along with our our engineer Erica EE engineer mm-hmm. Erica yeah we don't, have, we don't have a well, name for her we've been yet. calling them brunch or free dumb <laughs> and someone came through with I thought a pretty good idea I thought I'd run it by you I think Mike has seen but maybe you haven't freedom brunch freedom brunch yeah let's just combine every word <laughs> and that <laughs> what is that no good well I thought it was fine I thought it was gonna be a little more profound than just <laughs> putting together well, the two ideas <laughs> well should I uh, well it was Aaron Roberts idea <sighs> shout so out to Aaron yeah. Listen, I haven't come up Max with anything. making fun of you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I like Aaron. I know Aaron. I remember. So hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, more of the content. We're going to keep doing them. Uh, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll up it to a podcast today. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. the dream, right? Yep. Guys, one day. Yeah. Um, so hopefully dream, you're enjoying. nightmare, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully uh, you a catalyst to a divorce. Uh, hopefully you guys are uh, enjoying all of those things because we're going to keep putting them out. Uh, one note that I wanted to say uh, before we moved on is that a lot of people um, reached out with incredibly uh, heartfelt, 
felt um, and moving messages uh, about my dad passing away in the episode that we did uh, remembering Roy Veerman uh, for my dad uh, with my brother who came on and talked uh, with Shane and Max and myself. Um, I read every one of those messages and um, it, honestly, like people who had lost a parent themselves uh, and, and related to, to what we went through um, or just if you sort of empathized with, with uh, what we were going through and how we decided to sort of remember my dad and celebrate that, uh, it meant so much it was it was really sweet i don't know if you guys you guys must have seen all those messages that we got on on uh, twitter and dms yeah, on instagram oh, yeah. and and uh yeah thank you guys so much because uh, because it really uh it it was comforting to read all that stuff um for me so i just wanted to give that shout out uh so thank thank you guys all and um thinking about you if you if you did lose a parent because uh i know the pain so guys this is our first episode back in quite a while, obviously, because we had uh, quite a long stretch. Max, you've been on the road a really long time. I mean, I guess we've recorded uh, Freedom Brunches or whatever they're going to be called. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been around each other, mm-hmm. but I feel like we really have compartmentalized the difference between this, which is a conventional, traditional mic on much podcast, and then what those things are. Yeah. We didn't even talk about your tour. Oh, I guess we haven't, eh? No. I, I don't even know if I'm that interested in talking about the tour. I mean, if you guys have questions, I'll, I can. Well, we get had into a good it. one where we were kind of drinking, doing shots in Ashley's office. Oh, yeah. yeah. That we kind of talked about. Oh, that was, sort of oh, that was like mid tour. Middle of the yeah. Canadian yeah. run. Right yeah, now it's done. Out. And you won Canada's Best Band Award at the Juno. Yeah, group, group of the year. Did you know you were going to win that award? Because no. no offense to Three Days Grace, but I didn't even know there was still a band. I mean, but there's other great bands. I mean, Three Days Grace is a good band, too. But I'm saying there was a lot of good bands in there. Yeah, so, no, but you, you must you have had do. an inkling like, no, oh, my I th- goodness. I think there's like always a part of me that goes, oh, yeah, we'll probably win because I'm like optimistic. But then I'm also like, no, nah, well, there's you know the 20% chance here, so probably not. You know, I don't know. That's a, good, that's a healthy way to approach it. I thought it was really funny. I saw on our social medias because, you know, there's a bunch of us have access between Shane, Max, myself, Webby D to our social medias. When you won your Junos, somebody did like this animated thing because in our bio for the podcast, it's like uh, produced by a four-time Juno winning Arkell's frontman, Max Kerman. But Somebody had like an animated like deleting the four time and put it to six time because you want six. Brothers did that. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was Webby D. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I th- at first I thought it was you, and I was like, wow, someone took the time to actually like anime, but it was really funny and people responded. So, shout out to Webby D. Yeah, Crothers is amazing on the internet. Webby D, I should say about like recognizing these funny little moments like he'd be a great like wikipedia moderator (laughs) or something you know like on twitter he's always like catching like for instance when ash manager ash is on the road we have a lot of insta stories and he can always tell when she's not on the road because there's just no insta stories (laughs) and then and then she was back on the road with us on the west coast and she's and he took a screenshot of the little dots of the instagram story and be like manager ash is back on the road (laughs) well it's so funny like what you're talking about like social media engagement is really a whole other full-time gig and i and sometimes I struggle with this because I'm not somebody that actually like I'm not actively part. I don't actively participate in social media in a way that like would be, I guess, what others would view as advantageous for like our career as podcasters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have my job and I do this podcast with you guys, which is fun to talk and, and fuck around on here. But then there's this whole other aspect that I think Arkells do extremely well. And like Shane is obviously very involved in with um, this family tree as a podcast. And so like I feel kind of like I I find that I have a sense of guilt where I'm like, oh, am I not being as ambitious as I should be? But then I'm also like, ah, it's not why I'm I'm, But yeah, it's not your medium per se. You know what I mean? Like and there's some people that are really good at social media and you like you enjoy the content and you want them to be posting more and more. Mm -hmm. But there's other kinds of entertainers or writers or thinkers that you want to consume in a long form kind of way that's like a little more slow and a little more methodical. Yeah. And it's not to say one's better than the other, but there's not that many people that are like 
necessarily great at both. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, oh, I'm the worst personally at social media. I'm good at giving advice to other people who, mm-hmm. like Alex is way more suited to be a Instagram person than me. Like all I do is post pictures of my daughter. I don't think I've ever appeared on my own social media in mm-hmm. a month. Like it's just pictures of Lucy and I use it as an archive because I can keep it forever now because when you story, that's great. it stays in there. That's the best thing about those Instagram mm-hmm. things. And sometimes I'll post like a story about my kid, like you said, and then I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I did it as like a post because I will, I would, would not go back. I didn't even know that those stories archived or whatever. So you can go back and yeah. read them. Whereas like the post, I'll go back and go like, oh, that was awesome on that February oh, day. I, that's how I thought uh, when you did your thing for Roy, I was like, thank God that exists because I thought that's how you went back and saved all those videos. Uh, no, I, every time oh. I post an Insta video, I save it into my camera roll. Mm. You don't need yeah. to do that anymore. Because it's it, in there. It's it in does the it automatically for you. It's in an archive and you can save it from there. What happened? So if you go through it. and you doesn't f- trust the technology yet. No, in the event of a war when Instagram goes down, my <laughs> yeah. phone will have the hard copy <laughs> Yeah, you'll videos. never lose a phone. Yeah. Yeah. What were we talking about? The Junos, baby. Junos, you yeah. want more Junos. But the weekend was good. It was, um, it was pretty eventful for us because the Saturday night was the, was the dinner and we were playing on the Sunday night and we were up for a ward on either nights. And, we, and so we knew we'd be kind of busy. It was kind of interesting, though. The thing that ended up being the biggest story, probably one of the biggest like news story of like the band's career, was this thing that happened at the gala dinner during With, our uh, speech. With Jamiroquai? No, Jeremy Dutcher. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding, of course, because he's wearing that hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you just got his name confused. Um, that was a huge news story. Everybody's talking about that. Yeah. It was, it was I so looked f- it up and actually watched it online. Yeah. And uh, so for our listeners, you probably know what happened, but... Um, Jeremy Dutcher, who's an indigenous artist, uh, his speech, he won indigenous record of the year. His speech got cut off. Mm. Um, like they played him off. They played him off and they were playing everybody off. Uh, and they, and they made a point at the beginning of the night saying it's 60 seconds only. And so it was definitely short sighted of the, the producer who's in the, in the truck just to hit the music at when the 60 second hits, because given the, the current climate and the history of oppression, you probably just let, mm-hmm. uh, an indigenous person have, have the platform to speak. And also an incredible, he's an incredible speaker, like an amazing performer, really smart and profound and positive and uh but also um you know can really hold a room so our award though so that happened and then the award those award dinners typically go on for way too long Mm -hmm. and our award was the last one of the night so the thing's happening and we're kind of getting a little bit more buzz there's like the wine at the table and we're just kind of like okay we got everybody everybody has to sit through this thing and there's been a lot of good speeches uh, at this dinner and I was like, are you getting nervous at all? Like, no, I start to think, I'm like, okay, if we win, what do, what do we say? And, you know, I said, so I said to Ash, I was like, what is there to say? Uh, no one wants to hear us speak. At, everyone wants to get the hell out of there. Uh, you know, especially like, oh, our cows, those guys again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wasn't, if, if it had been like Justin Bieber, everybody would have shut up. But I don't think anybody was like that keen to listen to us speak. And so when the Jeremy Dutcher thing happened, Ash actually suggested, why don't you just let him finish. I was it's like, genius. I was like, that's such a good idea. And honestly, I didn't have anything to say. Like, I honestly wasn't, th- I, if I had thought of something profound that I could say in the moment, I would have been like, okay, maybe. But I was like, I just don't have anything interesting to say. And this guy has got a lot of interesting stuff to say. So you get to have the big moment of the night 
but not doing anything. And not do anything. And not do it's anything. amazing. Yeah. I thought it was so smart yeah. from a marketing perspective. Sure, but yeah. it, I mean, it wasn't meant to be a marketing. It was really just like... What's well, a beautiful moment from a human perspective yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> in the moment, though, so Ash suggested to you, do you have to clear with the other four guys or do they just defer to you in that situation? So what happened was, this was probably like 45 minutes before our award was even up. I had a little bit of time. But keep in mind, this room is massive. So I go, where do you think he's even sitting? If I Maybe I should say hi or something just to give him a little heads up in the in the event that we win. Look around. Like, there's no way you can find anybody in this room. I go to the bathroom, and I run into him immediately in the hallway. And he's getting congratulated by literally every single person. I go, hey, amazing. Congratulations. Your speech was awesome. Had you guys interacted before no, that No, never, never interacted. First time. Yeah. And he, and he didn't know me from a hole in the wall. He's like, oh, thanks. Cool. But again, I was one of probably a dozen people that had congratulated within the last five minutes. So then, um, but then I say, hey, what table number are you at? I, I want to come over and say hi after. And he says, oh, I'm at 72. He's a very friendly guy. Like, uh, he, he wouldn't have, like, been suspicious or anything of why I was asking that. And, um, and just, uh, and so our award is up. His table is kind of just across the aisle from ours. Not far. It's not, like, on the all the way on the other side of the room. Because if it had been at the, like, the far end of the room, that I would have had to... It would have been impossible because that would a long time for him to get there. To well, the he stage. wouldn't have known that this was happening. And also I would have had to run literally 100 meters to the other side of the room to yeah. get to get him. So as the ward's happening or the, the, the nominees are being called, I just have my eyes on him. I'm like, OK, if, the, if I hear my name, I'm just going to beeline right to him. Before you go to the stage. Before we go to the stage. I haven't seen the video. Shane's seen the video. Okay, so... so well, it wouldn't be in, in the studio. So, uh, it, sorry, in the video. And so they call our name. I give, like, Ash a hug and maybe one other person. But I just go right to him because I... Because, again, I, I would have assumed he'd left because he had already won his award. The night's already been going on for two mm-hmm. and a half hours. He's got places to go. Uh, but I just grab him like, hey, um, we just won. Do you want to come up with us and finish your speech? And he was like... Okay. <laughs> and he was just so cool about it. And I, we, we walked up all together. The other guys were hu- still hugging the rest of the table. The band. The band Your was. Band. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they had a minute to – that, that kind of helped the time difference. But, but did they know you were going to do that? No, no. They had no so idea. So the other four dudes in your group did not know you were doing this? No, they had mm-hmm. no idea. You and Ash cooked this up and you just spring it on them. Yeah, they had no clue. Did anyone have a temper tantrum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> He's up on this. No, no. Every, no. And um, typically, I do most of the talking anyway up there, so it didn't really make a difference to them. They're, they're actually probably refreshed to have not me talking up there. It's <laughs> <laughs> more interesting to them. Yeah, they're like, oh, God, I don't have to listen to Max talk so yeah. The listen. next day, though, did it make headlines? Yeah, it was literally the talk. We've never had more people like come up to us and... Um, in the room, what was it like once people realized what you had done? So I just said, hey, quick thanks to Ash and Jack and Chris. and Anyway, but Jeremy didn't uh, finish his speech, so we want Jeremy to, to close out the night. And then this guy is incredible. Uh, he, he makes a joke. I don't know if you have you seen the speech. I haven't. No. Okay. He, he makes a joke. He's like, oh, well, he goes, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, first of all, um, I'd like to tell my manager... Uh, that I'm now joining the Arkells. Uh, they have a much better rider. I'm now the, um, uh, he looks over, I guess, sixth member of the Arkells. Like, he doesn't know how many of them are. He's very funny, right? Like, right off the bat, he's making jokes. He's got great comedic timing. And then he goes, reconciliation. And then he says it in French. He's from New Brunswick, so he, he, and he speaks like five different languages, I think. And he just brings the room to a complete silence. So he opens with a joke, and then he, you can hear a pin drop. And he has this beautiful, like, literally, like, 60-second speech. Um, 
and it's very positive in that it's like, you know, this doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's going to take time, but, you know, we have, to, we have to keep striving for reconciliation, true reconciliation. And he, and he thanked us for giving us, this is what holding space looks like. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, and we exchanged numbers afterwards. We saw him. He was performing on the show the next night, so, uh, and uh, he's going to be around Toronto. So, yeah, just a lovely dude. And, uh, and, and the one funny thing about it is, yeah, we're getting so much... Uh, so much credit for it in a weird way that feels kind of weird because really it doesn't it didn't really feel any different than just sort of holding the door for somebody but i but i guess people um you know really touched by it so it was, it was a really nice thing to be i think it of. is a rare thing and i think that you did you know it was your moment and for a lot of people you know the culmination of a year's work or an album cycle those are the moments that it's like ah oh, this is what it's for and so to give up your spot i think is is kind of foreign to people but we, we were talking about this when the oscar hubbub was about the yeah. cinematographer yeah and i was saying just from a very cynical marketing approach you actually get more of a moment when you do something like that so like you passing like in a very altruistic way you passed up your moment on stage sure. but you actually end up in the long run getting more attention sure i'm not saying that's obviously not no, your plan but but. And, and, uh, but i think i've always um even though it's going to be funny to hear this that because i'm given i'm a front person who likes to be you know, at the center of attention all the time you don't dislike <laughs> attention yeah i don't dislike <laughs> attention but i've always recognized that i don't actually have that much talent and, and i'm actually like Giving like you know oh so and so can do a saxophone saxophone solo or I'm hanging out with you guys you guys are smarter and funnier than me you know what I mean like so I'm very good at surrounding myself with with talented people and knowing sort of when the moment when I can do something useful and then when somebody else can do something useful yeah. in the moment but kindness kind of begets kindness and yeah. giving begets giving and all that yeah but I think a lot of people will hold on to the stuff they have sure that outlook I think. Is but more they end rare. up losing people like that. I've, absolutely, they so do. So selfishly, it's good to give. Yeah, and in that's an odd like, way. That's like a life lesson, but I think it's hard. It's a hard lesson for a lot of people to come around to. Yeah. yeah. So the Juno weekend was really fun. Um, the, the tour was long, uh, but very good, and everybody in the band uh, I think felt really positive about it for the most part. But uh, the f- a couple things happened in L.A. I think I saw on social media you saw our friend Unzi. This is right. Oh, so, no, wait. Did you text us or something? I, yeah, you did uh, very late at night. Yeah, it was like L.A. time. Yeah. It's like, we got kids, Max. Sorry. Yeah. So basically, uh, we had a day off in L.A. Uh, before our show and went for breakfast with manager Ash, who's at uh, this little nondescript breakfast place, Noah Wiley from ER. He, ah. He's there. So, so it was like classic L.A. sighting. He was there with another guy who I think was an actor, too. And I was, and if, I, if he had been there by himself, I would have asked for the photo, I think. But because I didn't want to insult the other guy who might have also been a famous person, yeah. I just resisted it. Is Noah looking youthful? He looks good. Mm. He, he's, he looks even um, leaner than he was before. Were you Whoa. a big, big ER fan? No, I wasn't. But I figured like somebody on the internet might appreciate Full it. Full head of hair still. <laughs> yeah. Mm. A good head of hair. So... I, I've been trying to like exercise on tour and, and I like it because it actually is good for my brain. Like I, my creative brain, like I, I get some ideas, uh, when I'm like jogging or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of my ideas was after I watched the Grammys, uh, it was after I watched Janelle Monet's performance, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to learn how to dance like Janelle Monet. And I have this thought about once a year. Um, <laughs> and then, cause she has this very cool way of dancing and actually kind of reminds me of Michael Jackson a little bit. Like she has like some similar moves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you dancing like Michael Jackson. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so then I text, actually, I text Dan and your brother Greg. I was like, yeah. guys, I want to dance like Michael Jackson. But this is like the day Finding Neverland or whatever <laughs> came out. And then they're like, Max, not a good time. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, wrong reference. Next time I'll just say Janelle McKay. So, um, 
but anyway, they kind of dismiss it. And, and, and like the way you reacted when I said I wanted it to be a cool dancer, everyone just kind of rolls their eyes and can't picture it at all. So it'd be very funny, though. Well, I don't. Is, I don't think he's going for comedy. I'm not no, going for comedy. I'm going for some moves because I think um, people like the way I move on stage. <laughs> funny, yeah. I think I think I have a signature style. You do which a lot Nick of Dyka nails, which he does. Well, yeah. But here's the thing: if I could drop some like real moves in the middle of my goofy dance moves, and people would go, "What did he just do there?" You know what I mean? If there was a moment in the show that I could really execute a few good moves with that, oh, two words: body double. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to try to beat that. Okay, so we um, somebody comes out in the leather coat with the tassel <laughs> and a curly wig and literally fucking moonwalks, spins, and does black eye though. Yeah. Like that actually be a funny idea. <laughs> so anyway, we run into um, Joe D, our friend from Hamilton, who yes. happens to be in town, director, a director of Eleven Eleven, Eleven Eleven, which had and, dancing and, and hey kids, yeah, that's right, which had uh, Aquafina girl in it. <laughs> How dare you, Fiji girl, Fiji girl. Oh. who who did uh, Kellis Cuthbert, who did come to the LA show. She came, she was there. That you night. met her in person. Yeah, well, I've met her in person before. <laughs> I know, but now she's famous. Did you get a photo with her? No, no, I didn't. She was there in the crowd. I could see her. I didn't get a chance. To, she was very, she's very nice, very nice and normal. Did did she was she like let's hang after the show? No, no, no. But she mm. came to the show, which was very nice. Did she have some uh, uh dis- what what this, what's the water? Fiji? No, yeah. she's in a lawsuit with them. I think right now. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. So we don't bring that up. But anyway, so Joe D. We run into Joe D on the street on Santa Monica, and Ash and I were like, let's get a drink. It's before the show. And Joe D is one of the only people uh, outside of our friend group that if I were to run in the street, I wouldn't make an excuse for why I couldn't hang out with him at that moment. Yeah. But Joe D is so delightful. I'm like, Joe D, come with us. He's like, okay, let's do it. So we end up going to the Sunset Marquee, which is a famous hotel that has a cool bar where a lot of famous people are known to hang out. It was kind of around the corner. First person we see is Lisa Marie Presley. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Just- Former... Michael Jackson, husband, wife. Yeah. Also yeah. Nick Cage, former wife. Wow. Yeah. So she's there. And so we were kind of ogling at her. But anyway, I got on. How she look? Amazing, actually. She's like 73. Oh, oh wait, wait. Are we thinking about Lisa Marie? You're, you're, you're thinking about the mom. What's the mom's name? So her name is, she's in Priscilla. Naked Gun, Priscilla yeah. Presley. You saw Priscilla. I saw Priscilla. Oh, Priscilla. okay. She was not married to Michael Jackson or Nicolas Cage. She was married to Elvis, I guess. You got it right, buddy. Damn, wow. Yeah, but she's looking great, too. Her daughter's uh, Lisa Marie. <laughs> <laughs> We're on our game today, guys. <laughs> so um, we get talking, and I bring up this dance thing again, because I, I need some encouragement here. And to Lisa Marie, not, or sorry, no, to, not to Priscilla. Priscilla. Oh. Priscilla, I just, I want to, can I just uh, bend your ear for a you're second? In showbiz. Your showbiz. Your husband used to dance a little bit. Michael Jackson hits. was your son-in-law. <laughs> um, okay, so you're looking for some positive reinforcement. Yeah. And, Joe, and Joe's a very positive guy. He is. And Joe just goes, you know who, who your reference point is? Sam Rockwell. And I was like, I don't know anything about this. Charlie's do, Angels. Do you know about Sam Rockwell's dancing? And Charlie's Angels. Well, he does it. it, but he also, every time he's on a late night show, he does these crazy moves hmm. when he comes on the stage. Have you never seen this before? I had, no. Yeah, he, and he did a whole dance in a, in a video for a current indie rock band like a couple of years ago. Um, I forget what they're called. But he's an amazing dancer. That's a good reference point. It's a good reference point. You it's, feel like that's emulatable. Yeah, and so I texted it to Dan and Greg, who originally shot me down. I was like, what about Sam Rockwell? And they said, I love it. So I Googled. How to dance like Sam Rockwell? There's obviously someone on Reddit already asked the asked that question, and there's some YouTube videos. So that's what I'm going to do with my time at home. So I told Lauren, I said, Lauren, there's two things I want to do. I'm home for a couple months, in terms of um, just sort of getting better at my job, um, and just you know just getting better at stuff. I was like, the first thing is I want to dance like Sam Rockwell, 
And she's like, the second thing, she's like, can you learn how to cook? She's just like, cut me <laughs> off because I don't know how to cook. And I said, no. And the second thing, I want to learn how to do gospel <laughs> piano. So, uh, I, I, so I'm, I'm just announcing this on the pod now because yeah. I, because I, I think it's good. Uh, well, to, if you say it, you almost you have say to do it. it. You got to do it. You put it out in the world. Yeah, because hopefully I'll be good enough by our June twenty uh, second show in Toronto that I could pull out some cool moves. Oh, that was a that was a, a very smooth promo. Yeah. Would you put pressure it's sold out on, on the? Rest is it sold out? Yeah, it is. Man. Whoa. Yeah. Would you put pressure on the rest of the band to dance also, or you just want a spotlight on you? <laughs> They're the Arkells Five. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, I think it starts with me, but maybe they'll be inspired. We did have a goofy little dance uh, in our song Saturday Night, which were which... you just walking in one direction in unison? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of a dance. That's the Sam Rockwell. Yeah. It was choreographed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I did the last couple of months. I think that's... Uh, I got together some game, uh, some dance uh, moves to work on. So people can look out for your Sam Rockwell-esque dance moves mm-hmm. and for you to maybe, what, get down on the keys and do some gospel piano? Yeah. Randy Newman style. Ah, there you go. Guys, should we get to Natalie Prass? Let's get to it. Today on the show, we have Natalie Prass. I, I liked this interview. We actually, I feel like we got into a good pocket. We talked about a lot of stuff. We brought up S Club 7, who she had never heard of. Yeah, crazy. That was the craziest part of the interview. <laughs> How old is she? My age. That's weird. Yeah. And then I guess she ended up texting you from like the band vehicle saying, I was talking to other guys in the band and they couldn't believe that I hadn't heard of them. Yeah, they were shocked that yeah, I had never heard of them. One last time, she is at the Horseshoe, April 14th. So this week, by the time you'll be listening to this podcast, go check her out. Again, maybe we'll be there checking out the show. Had a great time talking with her. Check out her show on Crave. Check out our new uh, twice a week, more bantery podcast uh, without a guest uh, that currently does not have a name. Maybe it will never have a name. Uh, either way, thank you for checking us out. If you're just tuning in because you like Natalie Prass, we have over 100 episodes of our podcast. Mike, I'm much check us out on iTunes, leave a comment, do all that business. Uh, we are now going to get to Natalie Prass. Let's do it. Well, yeah, no, it's colder than Nashville, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you in Nashville? Now I am. Okay. I, yeah, I lived there, I moved there in 2006, lived there until 2015, moved to Richmond, Virginia, yeah. where I'm from mm-hmm. basically and then back to nashville in september oh okay mm-hmm. cool. nice but i went on tour and I, I haven't been all my stuff was just sitting in boxes in the house and then i got back late december so and now mm-hmm. i'm on tour again <laughs> are you into those electric scooters we we're in nashville i'm in a van too and we we're oh. on tour and nashville's got them now. they're terrifying <laughs> well because nobody wears helmets no. and like nobody watches where they're going there and everybody's drunk yeah 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 there needs to be some rules going you know nashville needs to have some crosswalks mm. it's terrible like, yeah it's kind it's, of a drive even though there's yes. cool neighborhoods it's a real driver friendly city yeah it's yeah. awful Safety first. I took one of those scooters across one of the bridges in Nashville because we had a friend playing at the Ryman that night. Nice. So I was like, but it was, in retrospect, it was like 9 p.m. and dark. And those highways are kind of like more, the the bridges are kind of like highways. Mm -hmm. And and the sidewalks aren't really. Were you on Korean veterans or were you on the pedestrian bridge? The the Korean veterans one. So there were cars. There were a lot of cars. That's, why did you do that? Yeah. (laughs) And then, and I was also in a rush too because our friend was opening at the Ryman and then I had to get back to our set. Which oh, was later. No. And I had like a 14 minute window. It was very oh, no. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those things I look back and I'm like, oh, that was dumb. Yeah. But you're here now. Yeah. yeah, well, I yeah made it. I made, I'm glad made you it. made it out. Yeah. You were saying your stuff is all in uh, boxes. Are you mm-hmm. somebody who feels more comfortable on the road than you do at home? Uh, 
I move a lot. I realized after this move, that's my 11th time moving since 2009. Wow. Yeah. So I've moved a ton. And I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's because like I'm somebody that just always has to keep moving and doing something. I'm kind of a restless person, I guess. (laughs) Well, what feels like home to you then? I guess Virginia. Yeah. Deep down. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll end up in Virginia for sure when I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's it there. It's all said and done. And yeah. 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 I'm, re- I'm ready to die now. <laughs> I think I'll settle. Take me back to old Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a rocking in chair. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that band yeah. song? <laughs> Uh, fuck. It's just, uh, I think it's about like sitting on the front porch in old Virginia or something like that. Oh, the yeah, band? Yeah. yeah, the band. Oh. Yeah. There's, I don't know. They oh, yeah. That. Lots of good songs about Virginia. Yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you guys need to check out. Do you know Drum mm-hmm. does real ass music? Oh, he's the, from, is he a singer? Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of like uh, R&B. Oh, I think you did a song with Chromio. Yeah. I must yeah. have been high yes. when I met you. That's you got cool. it. Is he from there? He's from Virginia Beach where I grew up. Oh. And he does a old, famous, like one of our national, like state songs, "Sweet Virginia Breeze" on his record. Oh, and cool! Well, speaking uh, of, of um, covers, uh, mm-hmm. you did "I Will Survive" with Casey the other night. Yeah, last night and the night before. <laughs> Is this going to be a thing? I guess so. Yeah, it was rolling so it out nice. tonight, maybe. Yeah, I think we're going to do it tonight. As far as I know, maybe not. Hey, who knows? Keep it loose. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful that she wanted to do a song with me, like during her set. Like, okay, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, she texted me right before the tour started. I drove my giant van that I just bought. I'm very excited by myself from Nashville to Richmond. So it's like 10 hours. And um, I got a text from her, which was really sweet. She was like, I'm so excited to have you on the road. You're such a badass. I love your songs. Um, thank you for doing this tour. And let's think of a cool cover to do together. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I just, I immediately wrote, how about I Will Survive? And then she was like, that's perfect. But then we went like back and forth, like just on some other ideas. But that one, that one won. What were the other ideas? Yeah. Oh, really? Great question. Well, because <laughs> this is something we're, uh, we're. <laughs> there were some re- there were some gems in there. She was like, I was like, let's just throw everything out. They might be terrible ideas, but maybe we'll get somewhere with like our terrible ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. And she threw out not to throw her under the bus because it was like oh respect but she was like how about a reggae funk on the road again by willie nelson and i was like oh i just said all caps far out (laughs) and then it was moving we moved on from there that's a great response it is because it's non-committal it could be positive it it is what it is mike Mike, your favorite one is remarkable that's That's remarkable remarkable. it's like not necessarily positive or negative negative. it's just like it's remarkable just blew my mind a little bit with that remarkable it deserves a remark yeah. i don't know if that's a good or bad remark but it does deserve one but i love that she went there like you know like totally yeah and then yeah i threw out like holiday madonna and oh yeah that's know. a fun one she's a maniac that'd be pretty fun to do yeah yeah did you sound check it before the show we did and yeah. like <clears throat> we were trying to, we do a lot of like uh trading verses and, sure. and stuff so we were like trying to figure out where it made the most sense and like how when we're on stage we'll remember it yeah, you know, um, so it took us a minute, mm-hmm. and I didn't think we would do it the first night. And then, like right before uh, they went on stage, they were like, 
do you want to do it tonight? Let's just do it. And I was like, great, let's do it. And I used to sing that song in middle school, so okay. I know it very well. Nice. <laughs> like I, yeah, used to sing it at like high schools in this like music review thing. Anyway. Like as part of a show? Or as like- part of a show. It's called Rhythms of Life. Okay. And, <laughs> and that was my section. I did, I was 12 years old and I did I Will Survive in Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, good. Man, you got the, the disco section there. I did, yeah. yeah. I've always been into disco. And, um, so yeah, I was like, let's just go for it, and it went really well. Like, yeah, she killed it. Yeah, those songs so. that you know from childhood, it really do. It's like your yes. friend's phone number from childhood or something. Yes. Like, you don't forget that nine two one seven six three one Tim and David's phone number. Like, yeah, you know, like, right, right. But it, but, the, but sometimes there's songs that you think you know really well, and then and then you, it turns out you when you're doing homework to perform it, you're like, oh, actually, I don't know this. I don't know all, this verse. I just all. know the chorus. Yeah, yeah. what is this? Mm-hmm. Did you have all the words right there for "I Will Survive"? She did. I, yeah, she was like, I have words here for you. I was like, girl, I know it. There girl, are. girl, I'm good. And, <laughs> but like like last night, um, she kind of forgot the words during her section. I was like, like, do I jump in? And like, but she got it. She like, she, it was amazing. She's such a pro. She like rewrote the lyrics like like that, mm. but like didn't said, stop singing. didn't stop singing, yeah. but said what like was the general idea of what that lyric was i was like that's amazing she's uh-huh. a genius that's phenomenal <laughs> yeah um you, you mentioned virginia how mm-hmm. that would be the place that you think of as home where you'd want to die what was mm-hmm. it like growing up there virginia beach uh well it's a beach town lots yeah. of surfing lots of i used to skateboard to my ice cream scooping job on a fishing pier <laughs> like a movie <laughs> did you um so yeah i was there's not like a lot of it's a navy town so there's a lot of uh transplants lots of people coming and going a lot of friends would come and leave you know is it like a, a summer town like a vacation spot for people to come mm-hmm. in and stay okay big so, time. so the summer it's a would tourist be, town for that's sure it's big business time yeah, yeah yeah but surprisingly like like so there's not a lot of like culture there besides the beach and um so like my bands growing up i would play at cc's pizza and do you guys know what CC's Pizza no. is? Oh, it's the shitty. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's the shittiest pizza place. <laughs> it's a five dollars gets you a buffet of what, however much pizza you want to eat. And um, so our bands would play there. Um, but like surprisingly, a lot of amazing musicians have come from Virginia Beach, like Pharrell and oh, yeah. Timbaland and Missy Elliott drum what do you think it is about that though i mean people always ask that like oh why is this city produce all this or that what would you say um i i i think maybe just being well the water kind of creates some kind of weird calming culture or something and then because there was no like arts culture really we had to kind of create it ourselves and just go all in you know Every Saturday, I'd always rehearse with my band all day, like in middle school through high school, you know, and just creating our like our DIY culture and just like taking if we wanted to do it, we really wanted to do it because you had to do it. Is there a big There's skate- nowhere to go. Or, That's interesting. Yeah. A big skate scene there because Pharrell mm-hmm. skates too, Big right? time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you still skate? No, not anymore. No. I I. I don't want to break anything and yeah I don't know not, I'm 32 I'm just like I'm good I'm not gonna pull out the long <laughs> yeah, board but when I was in high that. school and like early college yeah it was all about it what uh, was like I guess like you said that like there wasn't if you were really into sort of the arts or culture or music or whatever you really were into it because maybe that's mm-hmm. not what everybody was doing exactly and you're like home growing up was music super prevalent or is it something that you had to sort of like go outside of the home to find um, my parents have really good taste in music. Um, my dad, 
I was always playing Motown. Yeah. And then my mom likes uh, Natalie Cole and Barbara Streisand and stuff. Okay. So I feel like I got this nice, well-rounded, melodic sense from both of my parents, just the music in our house. Played a lot of my, and I have an older sister who has really great taste in music. So she like got me into the Jacksons and you know and um, a lot of Joni Mitchell and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so, and my dad would play guitar. And my dad has definitely has a musical ear, but didn't play music ever. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. What's um, he do? What's, what's your dad do? He was a doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Almost like the guitar playing doctor. The guitar playing yeah. doctor, but yeah, he, but he was very busy. So you know, he was gone a lot. And so then when he would come home, sometimes he would play acoustic guitar and I would, I was so fascinated. Mm. And so in first grade, this, I just have this memory burned in my head, but he was playing guitar and I was like, Oh dad, what song is that? He's like, I'm just making it up. I was like, cool. So I started, I was like, I'm going to make up songs now. So that's how I started writing songs. Cause I was like, that's what people do. You write songs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's funny, my dad, we're the same age and my dad mm. went to school in Detroit and, uh, he oh. played a lot of Motown around the house too. Oh, of course. And when I heard any he truck, he was a college, uh, DJ at the rate through the radio station mm-hmm. and he had those same temptations records and, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I listened to a lot growing up. And when I heard your record, I was like, Oh, there's, there's a quality to that yeah. music. And then when I did a little bit of research with space bomb studio, yeah, yeah. So was that, uh, did you have like, the Motown model in mind when you were wor- working on your first record? With, oh yeah, like, definitely. Musicians? And actually for our listeners, can you explain sure. exactly how that works? Yeah, yeah. Space Bomb Studio? Yeah, so Space Bomb is this concept started by my Virginia, friend from Virginia Beach, Matthew E. White. Um, and he has a house band. And so what they're trying to do is like bringing in these songwriters the songwriter shows their music to this house band and then you just build your music with this band. Yeah. It's, and then they have an arranger on strings and then Matt does horns and you can kind of use that if you want or you don't have to or mm-hmm. yeah. That's cool. Which I is love like that this mo- big community, like all working together mm-hmm. and building the music together. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, yeah. but I, mean, I guess mechanically, is it like, so normally you go, oh, I'm going to book studio time and you go mm-hmm. in with your band. But if you're going to go mm-hmm. in and use the house band and they're going to sort of help build and craft the songs together, mm-hmm. is that like, that must be a completely different rate. That must be insane to like go in and pay that. Or is it like really collaborative? Um, well, it is. It, Walk okay. us through the budget. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk numbers mechanics. here? Yeah. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> maybe I'll use them. You start doing that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Mike's I mean, sending emails. I'm going to Virginia Beach. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy because like I recorded that record with them. Or I started talking to them in 2010, mm-hmm. right? And we started recording the record, that first one in 2011. And so when I was in, I was living in Nashville and I was th- saying, like, I was trying to find um, a producer. Actually, one of the producers that I was talking to very seriously was one of the producers on Casey's new record, uh, cool. oh. Ian Fitchuk. He's, like, old friend of mine. and uh, But he was just way too expensive for me at the time. Like, now it's like, oh, wow, that's very reasonable. He was like, it's going to be $9,000. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> for the whole record? Yeah, for the whole yeah. record. I was like, excuse me? No. <laughs> Moving, you know? It's like, I, take. I, it's it is like crazy. I have like $500, yeah. you know, maybe. Um, and, uh, so yeah. So, uh, but everybody was like, no, we can't do a record. That's way too ambitious. And at that time, like Grimes was super popular or like things that were like, you just get in the studio by yourself or with one other person, you build the tracks by yourself, mm. which is like amazing. But I was not really interested in making a record like that. 
got reconnected with Matthew White and uh yeah it was like basically we were just coming from the same place it was it was pretty incredible i don't even remember the original question you asked me uh, i was just more interested in the oh, mechanics oh the of mechanics like, yeah. how much oh i'm sorry that's right how much <laughs> <laughs> brass tax let's add that to it <laughs> well the first record they did it on spec yeah you know and uh it worked out well for everybody it did yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was pretty nice <laughs> yeah, totally um, I think that they got paid back, you know, got the record got bought out by Columbia, so licensed to, so they're fine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, but yeah, basically I, you know, I, I come in with my songs. I listen to the songs with Matt, the, the first one, this is the first yeah, process of the first record. The second one is a little different and, um, t- picked out the songs we wanted to do. I talked about like what I was looking for. he talked about what he was looking for and then when it was time to record with the band we'd all listen to it together and then talk about it with our charts and then just go in and start playing yeah and then just taking it from there and whittling it down so yeah and what was different about this record like what like what about that approach did you like and then maybe you're like i want to take that to the next one and what were you like i need to do something different this one i was way more involved with um with what (laughs) how I wanted things to go uh, production-wise, like mm. what instruments people were playing, what keyboards, um, drum, you know, everything, like the feel. Like I was running into the live room a lot more than I did in the last one because I was I never recorded with a band before on that first one, so I was still learning. So I would just like run in there and be like, no, it needs to be more like this. And I would like start dancing and be like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got it? And, and then, Interpret and this dance. <laughs> and then re- yeah, exactly. That's honestly my move. I don't know how to uh, like articulate Speak anything that like, language. musically, yeah. actually. So I'm in the studio. It's like, I want it to kind of go like, Aah! can you do that on the violin? And, like, and they're like, yeah, I think I know. And then they do it. I'm like, that's exactly what I yes. mean. Thank you very much. Talking about music is so stupid yeah, yeah. it's and frustrating and amazing and yeah <laughs> but, it, but you're right there is an energy i think yes. that that you're looking to have captured yes uh, that you can only that you can articulate mm-hmm. it's it's like basically when we were recording horns on our record like the mm-hmm. only note i ever have is i like, go in the studio is like can you be a little drunker when you play like <laughs> more sloppy am yeah. on bourbon street in new orleans like that kind of spirit they're like okay so they, he wants us to play some wrong notes okay let's do it <laughs> yeah. yes that's it that's the idea uh, you actually like pour beer down their horns oh, like yeah, kind of, that's kind of the vibe yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's funny talking about sort of like the last record to this record and just sort of the mm-hmm. natural evolution of you as an artist and as, as a person yeah. kind of running your own show. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the other thing about being like an artist that basically gets to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Have you found any difference between like your 20s and your 30s as far as decision making as you've grown? Oh, most definitely. I feel like uh, I've definitely gotten more comfortable in my own skin and like comfortable about the music that I like I don't feel as you know not I'm not feeling embarrassed I used to feel a little embarrassed that I liked soft rock so much and you know that's interesting <laughs> you it's know coming that, back around though I think. it is coming in, back in nice finally a funny thing the, the the shame of maybe liking something that someone doesn't deem cool yeah that is a youthful thing to have like yes oh I really like S Club 7 and I don't want people to know but it's like fuck I like Who S Club cares? 7 uh, yes 
It's, yeah, so I, that's a huge difference Were you difference just judging me. me for liking S Club uh, A little bit. Yeah, okay. no. <laughs> but in my 30s, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know who that is. Who is that? What? Is that a, tr- a Canadian band? You don't know S Club 7? I don't think so. Come on. What is it? Sing Stop me a song. It. They're like a big British. Huge British. Uh, like From the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, okay. don't stop, never, never give up. You don't know what I'm talking about? S Club. Ain't no party like an S Club party. You don't know this? Is this like a boy band? That's it was, like it was girls and boys. boys. It was a mix. mix really? Girls boys. Yeah, Four was, girls, three boys. Yeah. Oh my! Ooh, more girls. Mixed ethnicity too. They were ahead of their ooh. time. Ooh! Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. I'll check them but out. But you know what? There are some like very popular pop culture references that are right over my head too, and people are like shocked. I get it. But like the yeah, Britney yeah. Spears, Backstreet Boys era, all of that. Okay. They yeah. were kind of a manufactured British group. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Wow, we really <laughs> went down a weird road. But soft rock. I'm soft rock. It's great. Love soft rock. Yeah. That is one of the most liberating things about getting older, though. I will say. Yes, you just don't give any fucks yeah. anymore. And it's yeah. good, you know. And it that's is how. Good. And that's kind of. Sometimes you'll meet a young person that's very like really confident, yeah. and they're just like very comfortable in their skin. And you go, man, I wish I had some of that juice yes. when I was twenty. I think yeah. that all the time. Like, wow, you must have like really awesome parents. Like, yeah. not that my parents aren't awesome, but it was like very. You know what I mean? Like, like wow, just showing you the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway. What's your favorite soft rock song of all time? Ooh. Or what are one of your favorites? Um my god, that's a really hard question. Well, right now, I guess this is more a quiet storm. Mm-hmm. But I really love um Love TKO by Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. So that can kind of go. I love that song. Yeah. Think I better let it go. You guys know this? It's no S Club 7. Like another love to (laughs) What year is that from? 70s? Late 70s, early 80s? It's also a funny thing when when you're like your favorite song by like an iconic artist is... A, like a recent song of theirs like not Ooh. so like oh versus, like i love the latest paul mccartney record yeah something <laughs> like that i was just about to say that yeah. like have you heard his newest single that just came out which one I probably with all the auto tune no i haven't heard that one yeah. you guys really I, all auto tune hey, like paul's just like hey kanye sings an auto tune how would i do too <laughs> Good, give it, your liverpool accent's just as good as mine is which and mine is terrible <laughs> which is a couple of lads from liverpool kanye does it yeah kanye does it everybody kanye does a version of the liverpool accent. um I, uh, yeah okay I you guys like, gotta um, check it out it's crazy oh definitely who said the okay to that you know yeah, who I was know. like yeah paul people don't say no to paul though uh, yeah when you're That's paul dangerous it is mm-hmm. i mean do, do, do you yeah. know this night sorry not to get too mm-hmm. off topic here but um it's like a 1994 Jackson Brown record with Barricades of Heaven. Do you know that song? I don't know. Is it's it good? the best Jackson. I mean, I love Jackson Brown, but it's an example of liking modern. Yeah, where I was like, oh, you should hear the '94 record. Like nobody has ever talked <laughs> no. about the Jackson Brown. Like no '96 record. Sure, but Barricades of Heaven is a fucking incredible. We thing. just listened to uh, Eric Clapton's uh, '80s '90s record Forever Man in oh, okay. the van yesterday. It's incredible. Oh really? Listen to that song Forever Man. Forever Man. Forever Man. Forever Man. Anyway, it's it's groovy. What was the Paul McCartney song that you just sent me yesterday or the other day? Uh, coming oh, coming up. up. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a cool song too. It's Maybe like, I just like the video. It's it's basically Paul trying to do disco. Yeah, and it's actually and the video is kind of cool. I don't know. Paul can almost do anything. Maybe not almost. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. But he's been actually chasing the genres as the years go by. You yes, know what he mean? Like, is because he wants to be the top. He's a master though. He's like one of those guys that can write a song which will inevitably be a hit in any genre. It's like True. oh disco, I can do that. You know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, fuck, that's a pretty good song. Yeah, he just like wants like the challenge. Like I can do what you're doing. No well, my favorite Beatles story is like uh, the press was going wild for the Who. 
Because mm-hmm. like they're the loudest fucking band in oh, England, right? And he's like, "Oh, you want loud? I'll give you." And then you wrote "Helter Skelter" like the next day. Yeah. He's like, "Here you go." That's insane. Isn't that cool? Yes, it's very cool. Uh, as a songwriter, do you ever give yourself challenges like that, or do you? Oh, all the time. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a this type of song. Yeah, all the time. That's. I mean, I feel like that's how I keep it interesting for myself. Short chord style. What was the reference? Well, I wrote that song with uh, Kyle Ryan, who's uh, Casey Musgraves' uh, uh, musical director. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really good friends with a lot of her band members, so this is like, it's, it's nice. It's still small. It yeah. is. It's yeah. small. Um, so Kyle and I have been writing songs together since like 2009. Um, when I find somebody that I really like working with, like, I don't really, I just mm-hmm. go for that. Um, but... Uh, uh, I got asked to write the music for a short film. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So short court came from that. Mm. But I was listening to a lot of Beaches at that uh, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I was getting really into the synth bass. Mm. So uh, I was like, let's just do some kind of like upbeat. I don't know thing like that. And then Kyle started playing those two chords that are in the intro, and then I started doing the synth bass line, mm. and then it just all kind of came together. And then it, but it was an instrumental track. <clears throat> and so when the short film came out and I acted in it too, so it was on my, it was on my socials and then people started, you know, people started saying, what is this song? I need, I need this song. And they were like, responding to it. Yeah. And I was like, Kyle, maybe we should turn this into an actual, mm, let's write some lyrics. That's cool, actually. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a cool process. What about Birds cool. of Prey? Bird of Prey, I wrote that. Um, what's the reference? Oh, what's the reference? I just want to know what you stole. Well, that's from. an older one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's an older one. I wrote that one in my car. Mm. I went to school. I lived in Nashville, but I went to school in Murfreesboro. So I was in my car like at least an hour and a half every day. So I did a lot of like writing in my car at that time. And um, What do you mean writing in your car? Uh, well, I write uh, the melody and I can hear the chords in my head. Ah. So I just kind of... So on your voice note or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I just wrote the chorus and wrote the... Um, can you can you yeah. keep it in your uh-huh. brain and remember it without recording it? Uh, no. Yeah. Not anymore. I feel like maybe I used to be able to sure. do that, but that's when I didn't have a billion other things going on in my head. Yep. You know? <laughs> totally. I always have to record it. But yeah, I, can, I can't... Um, read music but i can hear how the chords are um put together and then i can sing it all to somebody or figure it out on my own but i don't quite know what i'm doing (laughs) um but yeah i used to beg my parents for lessons and they were like no we don't want to hurt your ear (laughs) (laughs) yeah maintain your gift your natural and i'm like dang it'd be really nice now and make things like a lot easier like with my keyboard player i'm like can you do you know and he's like ah (laughs) um but, uh, yeah, Bird of Prey, I think I was just, I don't know. I don't know what I was listening to at that time. It's It's been so long ago. That's kind of an old song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Matt, I mean, I wrote that originally to be like a very drony song mm-hmm. and very dark. And so I had a demo of it like that. And then when I sent it to Matt, he was like, how about we try like, you know, making it this kind of groovy, upbeat mm-hmm. jam and I was like, let's try it. Yeah. But I never would have imagined it sounding like that. Now I love it. It is a great, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so soulful. Yeah, awesome. thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Was there anything in particular that Nashville taught you about songwriting and then consequently anything you felt like you had to unlearn? Like, oh, that was helpful, but I mm. need to sort of get out of sure. my own structures. Um. Well, like growing up in Virginia Beach, you know, not much competition, right? Uh, you know, it's like uh, not, <laughs> I was literally the only girl that was playing in bands and um, writing songs and stuff. And, uh, so when I moved to Nashville, it was like a wake up call for sure. And I was like, okay, I need to get really good and develop my own, uh, style. And, 
I used to lock myself in my walk-in closet and just like practice and try to make up cool songs. Um, but Nashville mainly just taught me that I want to do it because everybody does it in Nashville and everybody's really good and um, it's very competitive and it can be very daunting and like the business is all there and it's just you, I feel like you just get thrown into what it actually means to be a musician with your life because you see everybody that's in different stages of mm -hmm. their career at all times you know so you really just get this broad perspective um but yeah it's just it was like yeah i do want to do this this is crazy but i want to do it mm -hmm. yeah it makes you good though like it, it does yeah, yeah it, it takes does. you out of your little you world as well like i feel like mm -hmm. with, uh, whenever i feel like we go to la for things mm -hmm. and like toronto's the biggest music market in canada for sure but then you go down to la and you're like oh whatever we think is important it's like there is like 10 times the amount of people doing 10 times things that mm -hmm. are just as big or much bigger and i'm like oh yeah there's a big old world out there yeah which i think which i find inspiring mm -hmm. but, yeah. and a little daunting it is a little daunting like towards the end of my time in nashville i was just i had a, like a little like rehearsal space in my attic and recording space and i just basically just like went to work and then i would just go up there and like i didn't really like hang out i was just like <laughs> kind of like a recluse for sure because i was just tired of going out and being like what what's up with you what's mm. what's your career what are you doing sure, sure. and just having to be like oh you know because it never feels you, good no you always like... have to explain how great everything is going and <laughs> who you, you work and who cut your song who it's shit. a front oh man it's so weird it's like well I'm, i got a lunch with this person next week and then we're yeah. gonna be working on this song or i'm yes. gonna co-write with this person oh my god and it's these conversations mm -hmm. and i don't know how much it helps the creativity of yes. what you're trying to do no it sucks everything away eventually it just piece by piece so I'd just be, you know, getting my oregano, Kroger. You guys don't know Kroger, but... Yeah, we know. Oh, you know Kroger? Yeah. Okay. And just like then, like, hey, Natalie. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no. I'm going back to my attic. <laughs> yeah. So moving to Richmond, I mean, there's like not... You know, there's people that play music there that are incredible. Like some of the best musicians I've ever played with in my life. Um, and that my whole band's Richmonders. Mm. Um, and uh, But nobody gives a shit. You know, or they don't understand what your life re it really is. So nobody, you don't talk about that. And a lot of my friends aren't musicians in Richmond, so it's nice. That's that is really nice. Friends most with of my dancers friends. and yeah. artists, and yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, no, I was gonna say most of my friends aren't musicians either. Oh, really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's very nice to not have to talk about or think about it. Yeah, when you're just hanging out. Um, Maxie, we got to wrap it up with uh, with Natalie. So, is no, there any more questions yeah, that you had to ask? I had more questions. Um, <laughs> she's like, I gotta go. Bro. Yeah, she's like, I gotta go. Sound check. <laughs> Keep it moving. Um, what? Uh, because I was reading about you, you scrapped your record and then started yeah. on a new one, mm -hmm. and you were pretty bummed out about Trump. Oh, yeah. As, as we all were. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not to get too much in that, but I'm kind of curious to know, what is uh, your political intake on a daily basis? Like, when you wake up in the morning and you're, like, scrolling through Twitter, reading the paper, what, mm -hmm. what's your, like, on your uh, to-do list? It used to be a lot more. Um, but these days, it's just I listen to. I have the NPR One podcast, oh, yeah. and I listen to Up First, which okay. gives you like it's like a fourteen-minute just yep. briefing of everything mm -hmm. that happened. And then I like to put on the radio. I put on NPR when I'm like making coffee yeah. as soon as I wake up and uh, make breakfast. But uh, I try to on the road. On the road, right now I haven't been getting into the news. I'm mm -hmm. too, there's too much going on. I'm in charge of too much. I'm mm -hmm. tired. Sure. I don't want, unless there's something really big happening, I'm going to stay tuned. But mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to stay positive because a lot of times I'm somebody, if I get stressed, I get sick. So it's all connected. Yeah. So I'm just trying. Yes. So, um, try not to get too deep into it when I'm on the road Mm. because I don't have a crew. I don't have, it's all me and Mm. my band. Like we're doing everything. Oh really? Oh yeah. Are you in the van or a bus? We're in a van. I bought a van and I mean, it's a nicer, it's, I'm proud of this van. It's a Ford (laughs) Transit. You mentioned it off the top. I'm like, I did. You want to talk about my van? (laughs) (laughs) It's blue. Uh, (laughs) Does it have like a television screens and stuff in there? No, nothing like that. But, you can stand in it. Oh, good. Is it a sprinter? <laughs> like a sprinter van? It's a Ford Transit, so oh, okay. it's like a poor man's sprinter. Nice. nice. <laughs> does the job. It does. Are you it's great on gas. Coming back to the headline in Toronto anytime that we can, um, can I hope so. At? I hope so. I wanted to drop my best friend is from Toronto. Who's that? Well, her name's Erica Prince. She's She lives in Brooklyn. She's an artist, but I mean, she spend like her younger years here she's basically american but okay i've had to talk to a canadian customs on her behalf pretending to be her employer oh, <laughs> really? that's hilarious i've had to do a lot of that for her like with her visa stuff oh, back yeah. in the day you know because i would hire her to do like my graphic design stuff and oh cool yeah yeah but anyway <laughs> you do my graphic design i will lie about your landed immigrant <laughs> status yes exactly that's the trade-off <laughs> I'll get you your visa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we've been best friends since we were 14 years old. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, you should come back and headline because we love, I would the, love, we to. love the album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Max thank can you. be at the show tonight, too. Oh, yeah. What oh, time you are? Yeah, yeah. Yes. What time are you on it? Uh, it's been like 8 o'clock. I don't know. I'd have to okay. look at my calendar. That sounds about right. I think 8. So awesome. we do 40 minute set. Nice. Yeah. Are you switching it up every night or do you have a set list that you're, you're stuck Well, with? yesterday we started our, I mean, I'm sorry, the first show we started our last song right at 40 minutes. So I was, so yesterday I was like, let's try that same set, but just like transitions like mm. really quickly. Yeah. No talking. Because sometimes I like to talk. Yeah. You know, I should talk about whatever. Like, and uh, so I was like, I'm not going to do that. And it was it was good, but then I felt like it was a little too quick. So we might change it up. Okay, yeah. it's the hottest ticket in Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like Ooh. people like on StubHub, it's like twelve hundred dollars. I'm not kidding. Are you serious? Yeah, are yeah, for tonight it's crazy. Wow. And I had to like pull some strings. Oh <laughs> my god! You could have just texted me. Well, now we time. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I have some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, honestly, I think they came out of artist holds. I think. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, because because like there was like nothing. Usually it's not very difficult. Uh, you flexed your muscle. You pulled. Some, you, yeah, you Elliot. Use that juice. Golden voice. Yeah. Wow, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're coming. Yeah, That's no, great. I'm very. And are you going to be there? I got a new baby, so <gasps> my, congratulations. You know, thank you. So I'll be at home uh, changing okay. diapers. Good. But maybe I'll come out for a drink after. If, if yeah, uh, that'd be fun. If my wife is cool. But, yeah, and she's cool. Why would I say that? She listens to this. <laughs> yeah. You're so cool. <laughs> I'll be out for a beer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. This was thank uh, you. Fantastic. That was fun. Welcome to the dessert. Shane, this is your part of the show. We have a guest. I'm just going to let you take it away because, as usual, Max and I have no idea what is going on right now. Well, I think I mentioned this before because there was one time you guys kind of sprung a dessert on me and I was kind of oscillating through all my ideas I had to bring on it. How do we spring a dessert on you? Well, oh, oh, usually you give me a day's notice before uh, we spring it. Yeah. You were like, okay, tomorrow morning we're doing it. And I was like, okay. And I just showed up and I didn't really have a dessert. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember this that. was when we were in Ashley's office. Yeah. Maybe he was it was recording an episode. Yeah. Uh, we sprung it on him. And so in that dessert, I think your whole bit was you didn't have a dessert. Yeah. 
Right, but I, I I ran through some potential ideas I had, and uh-huh. this was one of them. So can you guess, Max? I don't remember any of your ideas. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember recording the rest of the episode. You, you, well, you um, were drunk by the end of it. Mike I, has a good memory. I do, but we were drinking that vodka from Scott Borchetta that day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, as you know, we're trying to uh, we're recording more podcasts now. Yeah. We're up to three a week, yeah. so we're trying to get our numbers up. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, for social media. Oh, yeah. is this, is, are you a social media expert? I sure am. Oh, yeah. very good. That's exciting. <laughs> so I've given her our Instagrams. How did you guys connect, by the way? Email. <laughs> uh, social yeah, media. Yeah, not even social media. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, that's a weird request. <laughs> well, my numbers are so low on social media, she probably wouldn't even respond to my DM. But we have we have okay numbers on YouTube, mm-hmm. and Max is in the Arkells, which mm-hmm. you do pretty well on. All right, yeah. Uh, social media. You do all right. Yeah. Sorry. So, what what is your name? My name is Lisa Montenegro. Lisa Montenegro. Cool name. Yes. Nice to meet you. I'm Mike. This is Max. Shane. Very nice to meet you. Um, would you even be sitting here with us if Max wasn't here? <laughs> where Where do you work? <laughs> she just held her hand up, like maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so I work with DMX Marketing. Oh, uh, cool. So we're yeah. And, uh, and that's no affiliation agency. with the rapper. Well, you know, that's a funny story. You want to hear it? Of course. So his birthday and my birthday are actually very close together. But not the same. <laughs> they're not the same, but they're very close. It is. Both, have, both Scorpios. <laughs> yeah. No, we're both Sagittarius. Um, really. um, and, uh, and I have this thing where I really like people whose birthdays are close to mine. And when I was like thinking of a name for my, for my company, so I was wanting to be digital marketing expert. And DMX kept coming up over over and over and over mm. again. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's the name. DMX. Oh, cool. give it to you. So it is about DMX. It That's is? amazing. I actually stayed in a hotel once. Yeah. And DMX was there. Cool. That's and cool. I got a photo with him. Yeah. Man. Frame well, that put it in her office. So yeah, it's just, good. yeah, exactly. You know, it's all about that um, fifth degree of separation. So like going back to Instagram, mm-hmm. I hashtag DMX all the time and it gets me great traffic. Go, give it to you. Oh. you know, there's that. The first tip for us. Oh. Exactly. So we hashtag, be hashtag Write that down, Shane. Well, I don't I know that you want to because oh. it's got to be somewhat relevant. But How many followers does DMX have? I, honestly, I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> but if people somehow want to get your services, what do they do? Uh, so online, dmxmarketing.com. Stop. Instagram, I'm Lisa Montenegro DMX. Stop. Or DMX, um, DMX Digital. Um, it's always nice to talk to people. Shut them down, open up shop. For our listeners, Shane has his paper out. He's like a, a studious guy right now. He's ready to, uh, to learn. I'm excited for this. So what is a hashtag and how important are they? <laughs> So on Instagram, hashtags are pretty vital. Um, Basically, a hashtag identifies that it's like a word that you want people to find you for. Um, So, for example, you should be hashtagging podcasts because there's a lot of people who Mm. are looking for them and they're looking for interesting topics, right? So you would then be findable for that hashtag. Yeah. Okay, now I've given you all of our uh, the, the nicknames. Handles. I've given you all of our handles yeah. on social media. I, I just wanted to know, what am I, in particular, doing right? What are you doing right? You're very mm-hmm. personable. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people go to your Instagram, they can see who you are, what, what you're all about. Well, what am I doing wrong? Um, so one of the things that I noticed is that you're not engaging as much with people. So I see that um, you may post things and they may get comments and they may get likes, um, but I didn't see you reply very often. 
Right. So people want, you know. Shane only replies when he thinks he's being slandered. Uh, and then he comes yeah, after Yeah, I, I do have a reaction to, tr- they're called trolls, right? Yeah, yeah. I react to a troll. Yeah. But a positive comment, I get embarrassed. Like I get, uh, you know, Shane, you're so handsome. New hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, you're so handsome. And, see, I noticed this kind of bothered me. Like I, w- I had more followers than Mike for a long period. <laughs> then all of a sudden he has a baby. Yeah. And he shot past me quite quickly. And yeah. now he, he has at least 40 more followers than me. Oh, 40. Now, <laughs> But I'm I, doing great. I'm not in I'm not I'm not I'm not into the numbers. But I had um I had probably 50 more followers than him and now he has 40 more than me since uh, we had our children. Yeah. Now my baby is a bald baby. Even yeah. <laughs> but all babies are cute. Come on. I know, but here's my question for you. Yeah. My baby is 10 months old and yeah. bald is a cute ball. It has a few blonde hairs but kind of like Homer Simpson style. Mm-hmm. Mike's baby came out with this newscaster hair. Now, oh man. I'm not sure if you have any uh, empirical data on this but <laughs> do hair babies get any more likes and followers than non-hair babies? Well, so you know what? If you think about the Gerber baby way back when, yeah. the Gerber baby was bald. So hey, the Gerber baby, like your baby should be getting more attention. So you might be doing something else wrong. Jeez. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe she's just not a cute baby. Uh, I don't know. She looked pretty adorable, actually, oh, when I you. saw her. That's yeah, what I was fishing absolutely. for. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Both of your babies are pretty adorable. So you've checked out Mike's account. Yes. What is Mike doing right? Because obviously it's something. Well, he's verified, right? That's the first thing. You want to so, get verified if you can. Like, you guys are in the end. How does one get verified? It's, it's not that hard. You just need mm. to actually um, go into your settings and then check where it says get verified, yet click off that you want to do it, and then you have to send in your ID so Instagram can see that it's you. Because really Crazy. what it's about is, is making sure that your name um, matches who you are. Mm-hmm. Like I can't get verified because my ID says a different name than what I go by. So oh. I've got a great account, but I will never be verified. So is because my nickname Shaney Boy sixty nine is that mm. impeding? Maybe mm. yeah, a yeah. bunch of prudes at the office. Yeah. <laughs> so we should went with Shaney Boy uh, eighty three, and that would right. have been a little better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and actually, you just brought up something that um, um, I would recommend: mm-hmm. change your name. I thought she was oh. going to yeah. say have a hair baby. <laughs> no, no. The next sorry, well, weeks would work, right? But Wigs. no, there you go. Seriously, Hashtag the cuteness Wigs. of your babies has nothing to do with it. Okay, they're both cute. So but just have, be, just be Shane Cunningham because yes. I'm trying to be kind of funny, and I thought 69's funny, but maybe it's not. <laughs> well, it could working. mean a whole bunch of different things, right? You don't necessarily. Want what, are the, that. what are the other yeah. things? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it only means one thing. Is we're first not going to go there <laughs> now. But most people assume it's your date of birth, it's your year of birth. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what they assume. <laughs> uh, right? They think you're so an older gentleman, just, born right. in 1969. Okay, mm-hmm. and the other thing is. Uh, we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Leave that you, for the hashtag. You know. Yeah. Um, now, Max, he's uh, he's got his feet kicked up. He's smiling. He's obviously very happy with his Instagram. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Social media situation is no. pretty good. <laughs> now, what is he what is he doing right? Is it because he's in this popular band? Or is his social media actually helping his band? Uh, no, I would say his band is helping his social media. Right. Do you think oh, the fans is. want to see more of just the lead singer or maybe <laughs> some of the other members to be featured from time to time? Oh, they want the other members too. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you follow someone and they don't follow you back, what is the acceptable amount of time to unfollow them? Uh, I usually say five days. Five days. Yeah. Oh. Okay, cool off period. Yeah. We're starting yeah. like a morning type of chat show. It's going to be a pot on a more regular basis. We're going okay. to do it a couple times a week. So we're trying to think 
uh, of a good name to attract a bigger audience. Now we have cool. two. There's Free Dumb. Okay. And then there's Brunch. Which name do you think is more marketable? How are you spelling free dumb? Just like. Uh, well, that's a good question, actually. Uh, so we're spelling it uh, F R E E, and then dumb is spelled D U M. Because the idea is we're so dumb that we don't even know how to spell it. I kind of like it. I thought yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. Brunch is kind of, you know, it, people will think of food, but I like the free dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. That, I came up with that one. Awesome. Uh, Marketing genius. And what is the best filter? <laughs> well, you know what? So that you have to decide your own brand and then figure out what filter goes best with it. Duck lips in 2019. Is that in or out? <laughs> I hope it's out. Because right. Max, this is mainly for Max. He, he's a fan of those. Do I do this? You do. All right. Uh, okay, uh, Max Madden. Uh, last, qu- <laughs> uh, last question. Are you familiar with the game uh, Mary F. Kill? <laughs> No. Okay, uh, you have to picture who you who you would marry, who you would f, and who you would kill. Captions, hashtags, or the photos. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's that's an interesting question. So, marry, f, or kill? Yeah. So, for instance, in in the way my logic is, yeah, I would marry photos. Okay. I would because on Instagram, I would think that's the most important. Yeah. I would kill captions. Okay. And then I would uh, F hashtags. Okay. So um, I would marry um, video, actually, short Ooh. video. Um, she zigged. Yeah. And, and that wasn't on the list. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad. It, I just. It's, it's very important. Video is huge. Is, is video huge. just as important as photos, would you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whoa. Um, in fact, sometimes it's more important because videos... For our medium, what do you think? Do you think oh, for you guys, video. We should be doing video all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Noted. Yeah. Set okay. tripod right now, boys. Um, F. Um, You're no, a believer you know in the what? hashtag, but a, oh, yeah, a smart I was comment, say, though, or smart uh, captions. Because the caption, the caption is actually as, just as important, and hashtags are very important as well. So, But you, you have can't. to F one of them. <sighs> hmm. Okay, so the hashtag is F. No, 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 I can't because the hashtag is so important. No, F's a good thing. It's like having intercourse with it. Okay, okay, so the hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) We're heading out right now, but she gave us one last tip that I'm going to crowbar in here. Change your profile to a business profile. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Natalie Prass for coming on the show. Thank you to Lisa Montenegro for coming on and being a social media expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to everybody that helps make this podcast happen. Yeah, huge thanks to Webby D especially. Yeah. The Mike and Much Podcast is produced by Max Herman. I'm your host, Mike Herman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.